Hi, neighbors, and welcome to Imagine the Potential podcast. My name is David Limerick, and I am a behavioral financial advisor with We Street Wealth Management. Your financial plan is yours to write. Imagine the potential if you had the tools to create it. No matter what chapter you are in, we want to provide you with the tools you need to write your financial story. On today's episode, I want us to take a deep dive into biases that we may have and what that means to our portfolio's performance. In the world of classical economics, the assumption was made that people make decisions rationally, that investors weighed the cost and benefit of different outcomes, considered the future outlooks, and engaged with the information we need to choose the best options. In other words, people made decisions using prudence. Prudence is defined as the ability to govern and discipline oneself by the use of reason, shrewdness in the management of affairs, and the ability to use caution or circumspect as to danger or risk. I can tell you in my 20 plus years of working with people that few people use prudence and operate out of their biases. And that's to be expected because we're all human. Now, there are two forms of biases we need to be aware of, but today we're going to talk about the cognitive biases. These biases are the type of thinking that occurs when we are processing and interpreting information. According to behavioral finance, cognitive biases can hurt our decision-making process. You can think of cognitive biases as mental shortcuts or a rule of thumb that helps us make sense of our world and to reach decisions quickly. Key is here, a lot of times we try to make decisions quickly. A key point I want you to remember is when addressing cognitive biases, knowledge and information can help you as an investor recognize your cognitive biases. However, overcoming these biases is best accomplished by changing the thinking of the investor and forming new habits. Now, there are five common cognitive biases that most people have. These include framing, availability, mental accounting, anchoring, and confirmation bias. Now, framing occurs when a decision is made based on the way the information was presented or framed to you rather than the facts themselves. The language used, the physical arrangement of the options, and how we think about a problem are all aspects of a frame. The same facts presented differently can cause a different decision. Now, the framing effect is a cognitive bias where people decide on options based on whether the options are presented with positive or negative connotations, i.e. whether it's loss or gain. For example, Back when retirement plans were first being pitched in the 401ks, it's a good way to look at a framing bias. Initially, companies offered two options to their employees, invest in the 401k plan or do not invest in the 401k plan. It was an active election approach, but many employees willingly declined retirement plans. Later, the presentation was amended Keeping framing bias in mind, employees were told, you will participate in the retirement plan 
unless you choose not to. Now look at the outcome of this. The new automatic enrollment process paid off. The retirement plan participation rate jumped from 37% to 86% based on the way the options were framed. This is a Wall Street Journal article that was reviewed in Morningstar. Another common example of framing biases is the cup is either half full or half empty. Now, our next type of cognitive bias is an availability bias. This occurs when the investor estimates the probability of an outcome based on how easily the outcome comes to mind. Easily or recently recalled conclusions are often perceived as being more likely than those that are harder to remember or understand. I.e., the availability of information often makes investors overreact to present market conditions, whether it's positive or negative. As a side note, I think a lot of this is an issue with the 24-hour news cycle that we live in today. People react based on what they last heard. People may make an investment decision based on something they recently saw on a television show or an article they just read. Instead of doing a thorough research of the stock or investment because they heard about it recently, listen, because they heard about it recently, it must be true. Mental accounting bias is when people group assets into different buckets based on arbitrary classification and make very different decisions based on where the money is grouped. The truth and reality is that money is inherently interchangeable and financial decisions should be made with that in mind. Mental bias simply means the source of the money many times determines how we spend it. In an article by Jay Cross called Eight Examples of Mental Accounting and How to Avoid Them, he defined mental accounting bias examples as tax refunds, birthday money, bonuses. This is money you can afford to lose. Safety capital, gambling earnings, money already spent, and identical purchases. Now, according to the Washington Post article on mental accounting, in May of 2007, people saw a tax refund as a windfall and spending it means little to their financial lives. Similarly, the idea of birthday money is treated different from earned income. Same with bonuses. Many view it as a birthday or holiday gift from their company. It's money that we can afford to lose. And we may choose to spend it gambling rather than saving it. The truth is that the idea of money you can afford to lose is a simple mental game we play to excuse our lack of accountability for this money. And any lottery winnings would be treated as extra money so we could afford to lose it and it may become a cycle in our life. Now, the next two types of mental accounting biases are safety capital and money already spent. Safety capital is the money we need. Very important. It's for necessities is how most people see it. These funds more likely are to be handled with prudence and care, benefiting the money one expects you to pay off a mortgage or fund your retirement accounts or other serious financial purposes. 
money already spent isn't always on something we need. Think about memberships and subscriptions you may have. That's money already spent, but are you getting the value from it? Many times people join health clubs and different things like that, and they may have a subscription that's been running for months, and they've only been to the gym once. Is that money well spent? This is what we're talking about. The last mental accounting bias category is identical purchases. For example, in 1984, Princeton University did a study. Now imagine you just arrived at the theater, and as you reach into your pocket to pull out the $10 ticket you purchased in advance, you discover that it's missing. Question, would you fork over another $10 to see the movie or the show or whatever you were going to see? Compare that to the second scenario in which you did not buy the ticket in advance. But when you arrived at the theater, you discovered you lost a $10 bill. They discovered that only 46% of the study participants in scenario one said they would spend another $10 to buy another movie ticket. However, a whopping 88% of the subjects in the second scenario said they would still spend $10 to get into the theater. Where money comes from should have little bearing on how it is spent. There's no dividing line between money that matters, safety capital, and money you can afford to lose, risk capital. Any dividing line that you honor is nothing more than a misleading mental illusion. Now, circling back to the types of cognitive biases, we'll look at anchoring. This is the tendency to rely too heavily on the first piece of information we learn about a situation, and this can have serious impact on our decisions. Once the first piece of information is received, anchor or belief is set, and many times very, very difficult to overcome. In any, many ways, it's like the old proverb that says, First impressions are the hardest impressions to overcome. In the financial investment world, investors may stick too closely to their original estimates even when faced with opposing information. In reality, the anchor becomes a paradigm which many times cannot be overcome. Now, our last cognitive biases is confirmation bias. And this is when people tend to look for and notice evidence that confirms what they're already thinking. People will ignore information that challenges or contracts or contradicts their view. This happens likely because humans like to avoid the mental discomfort that occurs when new information conflicts with a belief. A good example of this is people will refuse to listen to bad reports about a company they're invested in or they believe in. They will stay invested even though the numbers say to sell. Another example is people being overly optimistic or overly pessimistic. So thank you for joining me this week as we've discussed the different types of cognitive biases. Imagine your potential when you begin to analyze your biases and strive to live within prudence. Thank you for joining me for Imagine the Potential podcast. The opinions voiced in this show's podcast are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. 
To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult the appropriate qualified professional prior to making a decision.